You're listening to the Saturday Morning RPG Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Good morning, sir. Hello. Good morning. Sorry Somehow we, we, at you. we jumped from 11 <laughs> viewers waiting to six when I actually started. Oh, so no. people are like, oh, what? Now I'm getting notified. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, sorry, we were a little late. We ran into a Zoom issue uh, in where we don't have a paid Zoom account anymore. So one of us will have to start paying for Zoom. But then we were like, oh, we could just use Discord. But then it was going to take too long to figure it out. Uh, so... Surprise, about 40 minutes into this, uh, Zoom is going to crash for us. Thank you, Microsoft. And yeah. we're going to have to start a new window. But I'll still be here, and then we'll finish the show. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, it, it'll all work out. Hilarious, though, um, <laughs> that we are in this uh, predicament. Um, hi. Welcome to, to well, we had a pre-recorded show last week. Um, yes. The, but this week we're live, so that's very exciting. Um, how are you, Mr. Lucian? What's going on? I am pretty good. It was uh it's been a crazy busy summer, maybe one of my busiest so far. So it just seems like there's so much going on yeah. everywhere. <laughs> so I don't know how yours is. I know you yours is probably crazy too at this point. Um it's good it's about to get crazy. I realized I have tickets for PAX West. And that's that's in September. But with the home remodel, I'm wondering if I should stop uh, traveling and save my money to pay off my loan. <laughs> but I really want to go to Seattle. So I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know. But I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I also wanted to go to PAX Unplugged this year. Uh, mm -hmm. That's in December. And I don't know if that will happen. Um, but yeah. Um, and thank you, Mo. We do know how to use Discord. We just didn't have enough time to set up all of the video overlays in OBS because we thought of it literally 15 minutes before we started the stream. So that's why. Yeah. Um, we did a test in Discord just before the stream started. And we're like, hey, it works. Well, <laughs> we'll have to figure that out. And I mean, not figure it out, but like just add all of the, the layers and stuff to make it work. But it will work. Um, just yes. takes takes time that we didn't think about. Uh, and your your job even now? Are you remote right now? Or are you go? Are you back at the office? I am remote. remote yeah, yeah. So I'm remote too. So it, we are actually really familiar with video conferencing stuff, and so, so <laughs> we are pretty good at this. We just we were dumb and didn't think of it until. Yeah, it's a shame because my <laughs> I should try maybe maybe I can use my work account now that I think about it. Um, yeah, and what happened is I had my work account, but yeah. Been monkeyed with because so. I've never yeah, wanted to pay for for Zoom, and they used to have you could have unlimited time with two people, but now they've changed that to forty minutes. Yeah, um, but uh, I understand it's a service they're providing. Like, why should they give it away for free? Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, I guess I'll try to log in with uh, my other one, and maybe I can do that. Well, and, and this is actually a good topic, even though it's not in our notes. The reason when me and Jordan kind of started this, we were we were looking at how to play a game online and at that time the big the big things you had available to you were like a discord you could do it skype you had, like. skype you had <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, and there was like uh, maybe like a go-to meeting was a maybe one, or what was the other? There's like a Google Hangouts was big. That's why Google, Google Plus Hangouts was, so was another big. big one because they could free was... video talk with each other. Yeah, yeah, but there was a lot of downsides to all of them at that time when me yes. and Jordan were making the show. And the one thing we noticed is that one of the most quality shows out there was using Zoom for their game. I think that's even before like the only other one is like black magic or something which is more of like the studio quality critical role quality but you know you have to be no like over over for the internet zoom is kind of the standard and, yeah. and it was but like then, uh i think and i think it still is and they've gotten better where you can now like adjust the tiles of people like before it was yeah. always like if somebody crashed and then came back on all the overlays were messed up um, mm -hmm. So I think Microsoft was like, okay, people are using this in a new type of way, uh, which is good yeah. that they like paid attention. And the audio, like a lot of these streaming services have problems with audio and picking up your microphone. And I saw that Discord has mm -hmm. that too, with like, you can either push to talk or you can have it voice activate, but what is the threshold for voice activation and how much does that change? with ambient noise, with my child yelling upstairs, things like that. <laughs> and so uh, there was a lot of benefits to using Zoom, yeah. but I'm willing I always to try thought, other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I always thought the, the picture quality was the best of all the ones that me and you had tried back in that day, because we really kind of bounced, we, we looked at them. Yeah. And this was the best one that when you re-put it into a YouTube video or you did whatever, it had the highest quality that even though all of the down, you know, scaling of stuff didn't yeah. really look too terrible. So that's the long story. But the the moral of that is for you dungeon masters out there that are going to run games that are virtual, Zoom at at the moment seems to be the highest video quality that we've seen around. But if you're not worried about that piece, you know, audio quality and those things, obviously there's lots of other options these days, especially with you could do it right out of roll twenty. We could have done video and stuff inside roll 20 for playing the game you could use zoom for your games if that's mm -hmm. what you're doing there's so many options right now for yeah. virtual play out there yeah and a lot of people will just use zoom and then a random virtual tabletop but and like yeah. if you're into podcasting and stuff too there's lots of i mean the technology has only gotten better but but uh, let's talk about games. Uh, we are the Saturday morning RPG show where we talk about various role-playing games, usually of the tabletop variety. Uh, usually. I think we, I don't, it's not in our notes, but I feel like I should be talking about it, is Baldur's Gate 3 is officially going to be released on August 3rd, which is a mm -hmm. Thursday, the th first Thursday of Gen Con. So I'm going to be at Gen Con. Mm -hmm. I won't be able to play. Um, I... I never bought, I never pre-ordered it. I never played any of the, the oh. early stuff. Uh, so mm -hmm. I'm very excited to just like dive in and start playing. I think that'll be really, really fun. And with yeah. Diablo 4, I have a bunch of friends pressuring me to play Diablo 4 with them. But I'm like, no, I, th I think I'm not going to buy that. And I'll, I'll just play Baldur's Gate 3 till I am tired. And then I will <laughs> buy Diablo at some point. But Baldur's <laughs> Gate 3 is multiplayer too, right? Like we could totally... Yes. Do a stream yeah. of stuff. That would be a lot of fun. So, yeah. And I did order it on Steam. So I do have it on Steam. I did play some of the original stuff, but I did because um, I didn't want to spoil the story for me back in the day. So I kind of stopped playing all of their tests and stuff that they've done throughout the time. And yeah, but they have added tons of the classes, lots of the subclasses they made. It's been 
making the rounds everywhere for everybody playing it or getting early access stuff. You see a lot of streamers are playing it these days. And it's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's as close as you're going to get to playing, you know, 5e in a computer game, 5e rules and things are happening with some adjustments to make the, the computer version of it work. But, and the graphics look good, voice acted. It's like 150 gigabytes or something. <laughs> I was like, that's a Big lot. game. That's a lot of game, yeah. but... We'll make it work. I was trying to think if like World of Warcraft was that much, but it it couldn't have been because it's also a game that's like twenty years old. So yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, that's coming out. That's gonna be really exciting. I want to play it. I want to mm -hmm. do some streams and stuff. I don't usually stream video games, but I think that is an appropriate one to like stream and hang out at and stuff. So what class and what race would you play? That that's a good question. I was <laughs> I don't know about race. I haven't decided about that yet. I'll probably like see which character speaks to me the most. But um I'm I was toss up between warlock and wizard, I guess. My W's. <laughs> so I don't I don't know. Usually I always want to play a wizard, but I was like, man, I really like warlocks. That could be fun too. So we'll we'll see. But I don't know. Neverwinter Nights, I was a sorcerer. Neverwinter Nights was my favorite to be oh, a sorcerer because go. sorcerers had more flexibility with spell slots than wizards did, and I liked that. So mm -hmm. now I just cool. need my DCC Dying Earth video game, and I'll be, I'll be happy. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah. Uh, oh, there's still no monk. They say, and yes, up to five players. Yeah, I probably will be a dwarf, Moa Peach. I, I do like dwarf. Dwarf transmuter wizard is like my favorite archetype i think <laughs> so now, i don't know um, if they have all of the wizard school so you might oh i don't i doubt they do which ones well, yeah i don't know we'll see uh but i don't yeah, yeah. i'm not anticipating a one-to-one -one transition of all of the subclasses in the book yeah. i'm anticipating a video game experience <laughs> in Baldur's gate which is really all i want so <laughs> yeah. like i'll be yeah. fine <laughs> i think wizard would be cool because you get to see the spell effects and stuff and mm-hmm pretty fun and that opening not spoiling anything for anybody but the opening kind of mission and scene and the opening movie it's captivating even today when somebody like i've been watching streamers who have gone and played it and but they hadn't seen anything about it and i just like watching their reaction to just the opening movie because the opening movie of Baldur's gate which we've all seen in the previews or back yeah. when they were releasing and talking about it but if somebody and that's still the, hasn't seen that the illithid ship right and yeah yeah, yeah it's the, so yeah. good the get the Yankee chasing the illithid it passed Baldur's gate. <laughs> yeah. So and we were playing, uh, not rod of seven parts, great motor on March. And I dropped mm -hmm. the name of the illithid or of the gift Yankee queen who lives in the astral sea. And I was like, Oh, my players won't know this, but all of them have played Baldur's Gate three. And they were all like, Oh, that person. I'm like, Oh, cool. Like she's in there. Like, I'm really excited now. <laughs> this will be fun. Yeah. So yeah, she's part of the part of the story. So I also wonder from a lore content creator, how much additional lore deep dive lore you might find in there as you're yeah. going through it. Because it's it's like current events. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so it would be really interesting. I don't know if it's going to be like canon. What is canon nowadays with 5e? Uh, they're kind of treating it like a multiverse mm -hmm. kind of fracture of the timeline. Um, yeah. But I am I'm also curious about the story and how it like, yeah. Same, same with when the movie came out. Um, the D&D mm -hmm. movie, I was like, Honor Among Thieves. I'm like, is this going to 
you know, what kind of canon is this? And they utilized the Red Wizards in such a way that it could kind of fit and be part of everything. And so who knows? Maybe, you know, not that those characters, not like Edgin and whatever else uh, will mm -hmm. pop up. Sophina will pop up in Baldur's Gate 3. But like, I like the idea of it being a larger living world. It's kind of cool. So that's one of the yeah. appeals of the Forgotten Realms to me, I guess. Yeah. And there's just so many realms that are forgotten that you want to learn about. Yeah. <laughs> what was always the appeal to me. <laughs> what's underneath this? I don't know. Yeah. Um, next? yeah. News of the day is it is Dungeon Crawl Classics Day, DCC Day. Uh, so if you have a local game store that's doing stuff, you should go check it out um, and say hi and see if people are running games. If you are lucky enough to live where I live, I will be running a game today at two o'clock um, at the uh, ABU game store here in mm -hmm. Idaho and mm -hmm. uh, we're running they they gave us a MCC game level three but it's supposed to be like newbie friendly so we're we're actually decided to run three zero level funnels so I'm running last year two years ago DCC adventure called uh, DCC day adventure called beneath the well of brass which is really cool and super fun I've never ran it before so I'm excited to actually run it I got to print off some pre-gens before I leave. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. And they got all kinds of DCC stuff. Names their modules and their adventures really well, too. They're always catchy. They're fun. Like they do a good interesting job. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> People of the pit. Like, what? Yeah. Frozen well, like in time. That's another good one. Uh, the the one that watches from below. Like, <laughs> they, they always have those, like, pulp kind of comic-y novel titles. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, they grab you. There's like a hook in the title right away. It's just so good. I've been listening to a fun podcast, an OSR podcast called Between Two Cairns, and I recommend that. And they were complaining about how many Tomb of or Tower of there are in modules. And they're like, I don't want to see another Tomb of the Serpent whatever or Tomb of the Underwater mm -hmm. Ghost. Like, I don't. No, no more of that. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, there are a lot of those because it was just like an easy way to be like, I don't know, there's a tower and uh, there's like a tiefling in it. It's the tower of the disgruntled tiefling. And you're like, okay, mm -hmm. cool. <laughs> uh, and I would say that, you know, like there's a uh, DCC will fall into that because I think one of their adventures was like Tower of the Beakman. And so it's, it happens. <laughs> Um, this was a little under our radar, or under my radar, I guess I wanted to bring it up because I, I saw some people talking about it. Um, Gloomhaven, which is the, mm -hmm. the RPG, oh, I'm gesturing over there because I have the box. Um, mm -hmm. the, that took the board game world by storm. Like Gloomhaven was really popular and I never, I was like, this is, this is going places kind of a thing. And after playing it for a little while, um, the world and the characters, it's very fleshed out and great. And I guess the writer, designer, he wanted to make an RPG, but this is the board game is kind of what he came up with. Well, they re recently did a backer kit, not a Kickstarter, but a backer kit for it. Um, and I believe it's ended. I could be wrong. But it's for Gloomhaven, the role-playing game. And a lot of it is, like, I think for $30, you can get just, like, the core rulebook. But there are spell class cards and magic effect cards and um, minis. They're big on minis and stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. And if and and it's 
hypothetically kind of compatible with the board game. You can kind of like play both at once to go on various missions and stuff. Um, this was one of those where I'm like, if there could be a a D, I shouldn't say a D and D killer because there will never be a D and D killer. But like, uh, this looks like it could take the world, the tabletop world, by storm. Like, if people are going to switch, I think this is the one that could kind of make them switch. It has a World of Warcraft kind of feel to it from, I don't know, in just a the character design maybe, but I wanted to talk to you and see if you thought anything about it, and so. Yeah, so Gloomhaven's always been that game, um, tabletop game that I've wanted to play, just the game itself, because it's always so... Yeah. Like, when I go into my game store, it's always in the... They've got the 1 through 10 most selling games. It's always up there. It always has a kick-ass, you know, like, box of stuff that's going on with it and expansions to it, and they put so much time and effort into it, and you always see that and think, oh, if I'm going to play a board game, I want to play this thing. This is, like, the super board game. You know, like, almost like you know, and, um, the Twilight kind of an Imperial Twilight game, you know? Yeah. Like, Twilight Imperium. So like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twilight Imperium. Get it wrong. Just, yeah. Those like uh, nine hour all day games kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So this was, I, I always thought it was cool. And back in the day, another way to get a lot of people to play Dungeons and Dragons, the first gateway to that would be a board game, like a hero quest or something else Yeah, where you might play that first as a, a younger kid, learn how to play that. And then you start thinking, Oh, wait, there's role-playing games that have books you can read and you can play this other, you know, a little bit more advanced almost in a way, but the board game gave you a chance to get into, wait, we're in a dungeon and we're getting cool gear and, and gold and we're, we can pick a class and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. kind of starts people out. So I think this is, you're right because there's a built-in audience already that yeah. are Gloomhaven fans. Now they can say, we love to also play tabletop because we love role-playing stuff, and now they've created a game for us that is this other favorite game that we have. Yeah. So I think it's like a, a kind of like a match in heaven. Yeah, no, I mean, and Gloomhaven already operates. I know you haven't played it, but like it already operates like a. Um, it's kind of a DMless like dungeon crawl game, where yeah. you use the app and the random encounters and the or the book and things like that to kind of position stuff. And then the monsters operate on a logic flow. So, you know, like, Oh, they will go here because of, of the flow of logic that you've programmed into the game. Um, mm-hmm. But there still kind of has to be a person that runs it in a way. Like somebody has to understand the rules enough to run it. And I remember when playing it, it's one of those like, wow, you could, I could make my own adventure. And so I think they're extrapolating on that. Um, I don't know. I'm very, very curious. They've raised over a million dollars. They have over 3,000 backers. So it's one of those. It's going to be big, I think. It's going to be really big. It reminds me, too, of like Dark Souls is popular. It gets the board game. That's pretty popular. Lots of people buy the board game. And then I saw Dark Souls, the RPG, on the shelf at the comic book store. So it it was like this natural progression that, you know, sometimes some of these board games have such great detailed worlds and such great visuals and such great games already based around them that they're a natural fit to do a tabletop role-playing game based off that to let people play that too. Yeah. I wonder what other, what other fandoms, cause you know, like, uh, like I want to play in the Star Trek universe. We've talked about that, but like the, mm-hmm. the since tears of the kingdom and breath of the wild were so popular. A lot of people have been like, when will we get, 
when will Nintendo license out an official Zelda world video game or a tabletop that RPG? And like, think about it. Like how many people yeah. would jump in there? When will Square Enix license a Final Fantasy tabletop mm -hmm. yeah. RPG? Um, going, you know, full circle. Like these were inspired by the original 1970s RPGs and now they're uh, became video games, became their own franchise. Uh, oh. The cool thing about this though, is it is his own, like, like he created all of it. I don't know. I, I, I think we could get a little burnt out because we're already getting like the walking dead and all this other stuff. Like mm -hmm. the walking dead put their name on everything I feel, <laughs> but yeah. the walking yeah. dead RPG and, and uh, I, I, I don't know. We're going to get random stuff. Like uh, I'm trying to think of that show 24, like we're going to get 24 of the RPG or something where you have oh, to yeah. play well, it in 24 yeah. hours. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, there's that Kickstarter I did where you could do Kong, uh pacific rim they like had grabbed all these movie franchises that were popular and then uh -huh. their gaming their tabletop role-playing gaming engine allows you to play in any of those so and then during the kickstarter you could pick like you know a couple of the ones that you really like so like escape from new york was yeah. part of it so it's like a modern day and i i you're right i think everything is right for everything's gonna be in a tabletop role-playing game we're also in that time now where i think we get the glut of there's so many games and there's so much stuff out there that there's this time it happened, I think in the eighties also where everybody and their uncle that was a game company wanted to build a tabletop role-playing game too. If you go back, you can find all kinds of, you know, games that had popped up and would be on the shelf and then you would never see them again or they're not a company now, mm -hmm. but it, there's a lot of these old, old tabletop role-playing games out there still too. So now yeah. we're in that same kind of, Everybody yeah, and, make one, uh, <laughs> and I guess that's, I love the, the idea of a system neutral campaign setting, you know, let me, mm -hmm. let me build the world, but, uh, do I really need another cyberpunk tabletop RPG? You know, unless you're, yeah, it's kind of, now we should really judge systems by like, how complex do you want? You know, do you want mm -hmm. like super complex, lots of player options kind of a thing? And then it's like, well, I want this. And you're like, okay, here are the genres for that. You know, like here's Shadowrun, here's Pathfinder 2, mm -hmm. here's Starfinder. Like what, what game do you mm -hmm. want? They're all crunchy. They're all really, really crunchy. But like what type of style do you want? You know, and then on the fantasy side, you have all this other stuff. Because really when it comes down to it, like you can just talk and then occasionally roll a D6 and be like, okay, yeah, you do that. And then go back to talking. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but you're right. These game companies are these licensee companies. They want to be able to say here, take transformers and make it into its own video game when it's like, I but I could play uh, mecha goons and we could be transformers. <laughs> like, why do I need that right. thing? Other than I wish that there was a world that I could incorporate. So and it's hard. I was reading a blog where it's, you know, no, no fault to players or people who buy games, but it's a lot to learn a new game, to learn a new system. Like how many people have their wall of shame of board games that they've bought and have never really opened? Because learning a brand new board game can be uh, time consuming. It's very rewarding once you start playing it. Uh, but then to consistently play it kind of a thing. And I, I think RPGs are the same way. So I don't fault anyone who's like, if they look out and they see, wow, I could play this Lord of the Rings game, but this is Lord of the Rings 5e. I'm familiar with 5e. I'm going to gravitate towards that. I want to pick it up. I want to play something that 
I at least have my toe in the water kind of a thing, you know, like I understand it a little bit more. And I feel like sometimes you can learn systems and they can stick with you or you might be able to keep a couple of them in your head. But there does get to be a point where it's hard to learn a new tabletop role-playing game system too and keep it separate from the other thing. It was what I kind of ran into a little bit with learning Pathfinder 2, but 5e and Cypher system, like those two I can keep in my head and they don't fight each other when I'm trying to, when I yeah. want to play those or I want to help somebody learn them. But when I go to learn some of these other ones I've bought, which are all great games and all have interesting mechanics, I struggled on other ones, right? I couldn't keep them in my head or I couldn't remember all the rules or like I'm struggling to figure out what that rule even means kind of thing. Whereas, you know, the two I've been able to keep in my head have been Cypher System and 5e. And for other people, it might be, you know, the, the, your game of choice. Maybe Pathfinder is the one and then you have, you know, Star Wars or something is the one that you, you know, that's... Or yeah, like my favorite tough. system is 2d20 yeah. roll under and now I'm really good at that, but I don't understand, yeah, this other yeah. stuff. Um, even Vampire the Masquerade and like White Wolf and stuff, there were people that mm -hmm. were like, this is the game that I, and I, I don't know, I, it, that was an interesting idea. It's like, it's a lot to ask not only a game master, but players to be like, okay, guys, let's reinvent the wheel. We all know how to role play, mm -hmm. but like, this is a brand new system. And, and I like that. I like learning new systems. Uh, but at the same time, you don't see me playing like all of these weird fringe systems that I have, I'm still playing mm -hmm. a, you know, hack of third edition called Dungeon Crawl Classics. So <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like... And we tried Invisible Sun, which was always the yeah. example of, it was a struggle it was figuring a, that yeah. one out. It just, it just wasn't like the first day we picked it up, we got it. It was like, you had to read something, you got yeah. some of it. And then you played, you got a little bit more, and then you got a little bit more, which I will say though, how I remember. We all enjoyed it. But yeah. <laughs> like, I remember, yeah. I remember specific, specifically Simon indoor adventure was like, man, I want to play this some more. And I was like, me too. Mm -hmm. But uh, you're right. It was, there was a learning curve there for sure. Yeah. So. And I do remember that as a kid trying to learn uh, advanced Dungeons and Dragons was very much the same way. When I read the advanced Dungeons and Dragons rules, I didn't actually understand how it all worked. And we flubbed through the pieces we didn't understand. And we, we stuck to the things we did. But as we played or as I got to play with other people, I started to learn more and more of it. And then more and more of it started to make sense. And then by the time you get to three, that terminology and the way it worked made sense to me. So I could pick it up. But somebody who's brand new to it would look at, you know, third edition even and be like, what is going on? Yeah. You know, FACO or AC or what's this stuff? <laughs> you know, how do I figure all these things out? So it's. Yeah, it's there's a reason, uh, you know, like Shadow Dark. uh Kelsey's RPG did so well, I think, because mm -hmm. it was um, advertised as uh, not 5e compatible, but like, if you know 5e, you'll understand Shadow Dark. And people were like, okay. And rather than reinventing mm -hmm. the wheel, it's kind of like, okay. Yeah. Um, but regardless, I think this Gloomhaven might reinvent the wheel correctly because it has that fan base and it's so big and yeah. the so design is game, really strong. Would you buy it? So, what? Will you buy the TTRPG because you own the board game? Are you going to, would this be one that you would put on your shelf? Or are you yeah, buying? Yeah, I, I haven't RPG? backed it, but um, I would, I would definitely pick it up. And I mean, for f like the going price of an RPG, like $50. Yeah. I'd pick it up and mm -hmm. see what it is. Like if anything, it, it adds to the collection. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, San Diego Comic-Con is happening. I think there's it's not getting a lot of coverage, probably because of the writers and actors strike. Uh, but it is happening. And I looked, I, I Googled like Hasbro, San Diego Comic-Con to kind of see what was going on there. And everything's mm -hmm. toy related. Like we're releasing new X-Men toys and we got this and this and this, which is cool. Um, and then there were... Ver Wizards is there, like Chris Perkins is there, but like they're not doing a big push um, RPG wise. There, there were little like you could come see uh, the Shattered Obelisk um, stuff that they have out. Like they they talk about it, all the pre things that are coming out. I'm sure Big B's is down there, uh, the the new book that's coming out soon. Um, I did see this though that Eli Roth is directing a Borderlands movie based on the video yeah, game 2024 i have yeah. no idea that that was happening and i was like i gotta tell lucian because that's really cool <laughs> oh. oh i saw an august date i was thinking it was this august is it no, next year august? it's next year august 2024 oh, okay yeah. i was getting excited i'm like oh borderlands is coming. i knew they were in the in the process of doing yeah. it because the the gearbox guys um have been talking and putting it on Twitter quite a bit, and they're yeah. excited about it's going to be a movie. So I kind of knew. I just didn't know when the when the release. Date so was. I guess I'm that I guess that was the announcement. Not that it was um, announced like, "Hey, we're making it." It's announced that like we have a a date. It's going to be released next year. Yeah. So pending strikes, who knows? Maybe all the footage is already shot, and they just have to like edit it at this point. But yeah. uh, but I was like, man, you love Borderlands. If we get a claptrap in there, I'm good. I'm solid. I love it. <laughs> If you want to play the tabletop role-playing game, they have one called Bunkers and Badasses. So yeah. you can check that out. <laughs> Which is fun. Yeah, the um sorry, people were talking about like uh the Star Wars D6 when it came out, and that's another system mm -hmm. where like I think uh West End Games really wanted to be like, here is the most system neutral of games. Tell whatever story you want. And that's why I started hacking that into modular D6 is because mm -hmm. I like the idea of being like, wow, if we just change the name of like magic to hacking, then you could run a sci-fi game. And you you know, it's kind of interesting. Whereas the 5e really lends itself more to superheroes and fan high fantasy, not necessarily other yeah. stuff. Whereas I think that West End Games D6 system really is like, it could be anything. Uh, not unlike Cypher, where Cypher really could be anything. Like, uh, yeah. I think that's very well designed to be just about anything. So, yep. um, they're dinosaurs with lasers. Exactly. And it worked just Ugh. fine. <laughs> the laser raptors. Um, yeah, Big B's Giants coverage. What is that book of Giants? Is that what it's called? I forgot. Um, they're doing lots of coverage yeah. for that on the D&D YouTube channel. My favorite was the, I think the last one um with oh i've forgotten his name i met him at gen con but i forgot his name um but he's one of the the writer designer guys and he was talking about the lore behind the giants and they had like this place beneath the earth called Om's cradle and, it, and instead of a sun it has a, a portal to the plane of positive energy so this whole underground area is just bathed in positive energy so all of the plants and animals have grown really high and it's this prehistoric really cool place and i was like that's awesome. And so the fact mm -hmm. that they have these like little encounter ideas and locations 
Uh, I really, really enjoyed that. And then they were talking about some of the monsters and how they have like the death giants and these are the giants that death went giants. here and the, the like history on the Fomorians and they're like the Feywild giants that got cursed and that's why they are all mutated and they live in the Underdark or the Feydark. Mm -hmm. um, so I, it's curious. I'm really, ex I, I should say I'm excited. I haven't pre-ordered this book because uh, I just haven't. I wasn't, I don't need more monsters and it kind of was going on about a monster book. But mm -hmm. um, because of like people sharing stuff with me on d, d Beyond, I'm excited to check it out. And so I want to yeah. like go look at some of the things. So Bigby presents Glory of the Giants. Glory and of the, the Giants. The thing that got me a little interested too, because they, they talk about the rune magic of the yeah. Giants. That's, that gets explained a little bit more or has rules for it. Um, more of the ecology of if you have a world where Giants exist, there's probably a whole ecology of giant related things like you know what kind of pack animals do they use or what kind of you know things are giant also that would be in that world that yeah. we would experience i don't know like giant you know uh flea i think was one of the ones that are like a it was oh they like have a, a tick. Giant tick or something yeah. yeah and i was like okay yeah i mean a, an you, insect that specifically designed that to like step, eat yeah giant blood and so it's right. not yeah <laughs> That made me more interested about the book than when I was just thinking, oh, it's a book about giants, because you might think, well, we had giants, we kind of understand giants, um, but they do need to be fleshed out a little bit more, because if they're the ultimate group that fought the dragons, the dragons and the giants wars, yeah. and the dragons are always super cool with all kinds of abilities and things that make them cool, well, anything that's going to stand up and fight them has to be kind of that way, and I never felt like I got that same feel of crazy dragons could be so scary or fear or, you know they could do so much yeah. stuff like with giants but now they're going to be fleshed out a little bit more maybe there is that oh okay they can be their own badasses they can be this is why they could stand up against the giants whereas you know the human civilization couldn't we'd be crushed <laughs> yeah yeah i think so. you you have the same uh mindset because of how we grew up where we have fee fi fo fum giants that are kind mm -hmm. of stupid and big and like, I don't know, they just yeah. are up in a cloud yeah. somewhere. And then you have like Smog the Dragon, clever, evil, mm -hmm. like, and of the two, you're just like, what's more dangerous? But in the world of Forgotten Realms and Dungeons and Dragons, like giants are very smart and have magic and things like that. And so they're very formidable when it comes to uh, mm -hmm. fighting dragons. And there was a huge war. I still like the Eberron lore for giants where they inhabited the world of Zen Zendrik and there was this huge giant empire. Uh, and I forget, I don't know if the details are there, but they got cursed. And there's a reason that Zendrik can't actually build into being a continent with cities and things like that, because anytime civilization gets a little bit too big, that curse kicks in and like a tsunami wipes it out or something like that. And so they're perpetually primordial because of something the giants did uh, and so that was always like i don't know like what did the giants do like holy cow yeah and i think this book would go really good with if you were planning or wanting to run storm king's thunder which oh, yeah. i still think is a great module for 5e and it's a great module for forgotten realms it takes you all kinds of different places it's a it's a great big epic story 
even on its own, it has all kinds of cool giant stuff that you learn about and you start to get into it more. And that's where I started to really expand on, oh, wait, wait a minute. The giant culture is kind of cool. You know, and you dive into what's going on with the fire giants, what's going on with the stone giants. And wait a minute, then there's the storm giants and they're doing, you know, and now with this book, I think you could even enhance that even more if you're running that module or want to play parts of that module. Or it's continue a really it. good module like to check out. After, yeah. after that module is done, sure. I bet you could continue like, hey, we've got other giant problems and stuff. Like, yeah be really cool um i do enjoy that module a lot as well like uh, probably because it had so many side quests and stuff but it was overall mm -hmm. just a cool cool take on uh what is it king lear where it's like yeah the the king died and they're dividing up his kingdom or something it is kind of similar from what uh, mm -hmm. uh people were talking about it i was like oh it is and i feel king like lear. it's a one of the best you want to take a tour of the sword coast kind of in the lands mm -hmm just to the east of the sword coast that's the module for you because you can go all over the place and storm you know and it's not just a baldur's gate and then all of a sudden you're in avernus or something else and it's not just like we're in this fandal you know fandalin when you're just kind of in a smaller area storm king's thunder really spans now if you want cholt or jungles to annihilation is awesome but if you want you want uh sword coast you take a look at um storm king's thunder for sure to run it and on that note, we have less than a minute in our Zoom meeting. So I think we're going to leave and then we'll start we'll a new one and be right back. <laughs> yeah. So I'm out. Uh, but I'm still here. Just audio of Jordan. Just the, the crazy Jordan audio that's poking around while we create a new one. And then this won't happen next week. I do apologize. <laughs> he comes back and it's almost like the show never ended. And it's almost like the show never ended. <laughs> um, Put a little commercial segment in there. Yeah, just we're back. Okay, cool. <laughs> We've never looked better. Thank you, Jancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So in other news, uh, 5e news, um, we have Planescape 5e coming out. And we got a couple of bits of information. They Basically, they put up a pre-order page on dnd.wizards.com. Uh, and you can go check it out. Uh physical and digital because now that they own D, D beyond they're they're advertising that is eighty dollars um i think it's like 94 and they discounted it down to 80 so who knows what the price will be for just the books mm -hmm. um so box set but it is a box set, set and it's a box set that comes with posters a dm screen and three books so the spelljammer box set was no oh it did come with a dm screen dm screen and three books. Each of the books was like 64 pages. So it was kind of like, eh, I don't know. Especially we always think back to Eberron. Like Eberron was like 350 pages. Like it was just this huge, yeah, chunky, chunky, like awesome book. And Eberron, I think they did a really good job um, with that setting. Uh, Spelljammer, they did not do a good job. So everyone was like, ah. But this one is 96 page setting, 96 page adventure, and 64 pages of monsters. And like things that you'll find on the outer planes and the outlands and things like that. The posters for, which is a map of Sigil or Sigil and a map of the outlands look really cool. There's some art floating around there. You can check my YouTube channel for pictures of it. And I really like those. I would love to get like super high prints of those and put them on a wall or something in a framed poster. Uh, the adventure is really curious because you go from levels three to 10 and then it says with a jump to 17. What does that yeah. mean? 
like, do you finish the adventure and then it's like five years later, we have an epilogue where you're level 17? Some people were saying this is like, wow, they're doing high level stuff. And I'm like, no, no, they're not. <laughs> they're 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 creating one encounter at 17th level. I don't yeah. I don't know what this means. But another curious thing is in the description, it specifically mentions time dragons, which is not something we've seen for a long time within the world of D&D. And I was researching mm -hmm. time dragons, and I think the last time they were really mentioned was in a dragon article uh, back in the 3.5 era, maybe fourth. Yeah, I think it was like third edition. And I was reading up on that because I was really curious. And they're just these immensely powerful creatures that can breathe like a cone of aging at you. And so you die not from taking hit point damages, but just by accumulating 50 years as you get hit by this like breath weapon of time. Uh, that mm -hmm. coinciding with like, I did a bunch of stuff on the Chronomancer and we're getting into weird, what are they doing for the 50th anniversary? And the obelisks being tied into all of this makes me wonder if the time dragons have uh, uh, something to say with the direction of Forgotten Realms with this uh, 2024 edition that's coming out. So, yeah. And they do give us the names of those books. So it's like Sigil in the Outlands and then Turn of Fortune's Wheel. That's the that's adventure the you adventure, just spoke yep. about. And then Mort's Planar Parade for yeah. and, basically like the monster book, I guess. So that and Mort be... is a character from the Planescape video game that came out. So he's a talking yeah, floating cool. skull. So. Yeah, the, the map looks really cool. Just in it the does. little couple of screenshots I've seen here, that in the in the covers and the alternate covers for this look fantastic. Also, mm -hmm. the artwork on some of the alternate covers made me want to buy it just by looking yeah. at those. <laughs> you know, and uh, I'm curious how well Bigby's will do. I I don't mm -hmm. have the numbers, obviously. Well, not obviously, but like I don't have the numbers of how well. Um, Keys from the Golden Vault did, and I assume not well, because that was released really shortly after the OGL debacle. And this one is like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get Bigby's kind of a thing is what I'm hearing from a lot of people. Um, but specifically with Planescape, like people love Planescape. And the burn from Spelljammer, I see a lot of comments where they're saying, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. That art looks great. Like, I love all of this, but really just have to wait and see. Like, I, I don't think I want to pre-order it. And so I, I don't know. I wonder how well this will do. I guess we'll see how well it is. Because if it is put together very, very well, then I think it'll do very, very well. But if it's, um, if it's, half-assed or spell jammered as i like to call it then it will not do well <laughs> and uh i don't know it makes me sad because it, it i i want it to do well i love Planescape. i would love for them to to give a updated kind of version of it but but again i'm running we haven't really had great, a lot yeah like i'm running great motor on march and it's kind of like okay because third edition i don't third edition didn't have Planescape. they kind of incorporated the planes but they didn't have like that specific setting so mm -hmm. I don't know. And I'm Eberron is because it's just a, it's just an interesting kind of world to be able to put your players in and be able to travel lots of different places and lots of really exotic and really fantastical places besides just you know your typical run of the mill fantasy stuff. So I always like that it's like that next level of places you can go, and then if you want to spell jam, you can spell jam. If you want to 
you know, just use dimension portals or doors that are everywhere. You can do it that way. You know, there's all kinds of different ways that you can can interact with it. And I've still to this day, I always like the twist that Monty Cook and those that were there at that time put on, on Planescape and made it a little bit more. It, it made it stand out from regular Dungeons and Dragons fantasy worlds. It made it stand out from Greyhawk or Forgotten Realms or those other places, even though it, it would connect in some way to that kind of stuff. But it was, it's a, you know, it's just a cool place. Yeah, no, it's, it's very, it's very Monty Cook, which he really loved it. He didn't come up with mm-hmm. it, but like he, I think he, from what I've read in history and stuff or articles, he was like, yeah, this is exactly what I've always wanted kind of a thing. Um, mm-hmm. And it is, it's an amazing setting. It's a lot of fun. I think the outlands are, are super interesting, not only from all of the different towns that are there, but like the closer you get to the spire, magic works less and less. And I just love the idea of some insane magical artifact like leaning up against the tower at the center where magic doesn't work. And it's like, you know, somebody's like, oh yeah, it's like whatever, that twig. And it's like, that is the Mm. wand of blah, blah, blah. Like, are you kidding me? Like if we get this thing back over here, like we could have, you know. Um, And so I like And I want to do the ultimate mashup with that, which is I want to get the box set, but then I want to take Bonnie Cook's Plane Breaker. Yeah. And I want to mix them together like peanut butter and chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I want to I want to break those planes with Plane Breaker. I just like, oh yes, there's yeah. so much good stuff. I think there. Plane Breaker was his way of doing uh, Sigil. Like I think he wanted a Sigil, mm-hmm. and that's what he created. And Plane Breaker is great because it's not only um, the Plane Breaker, which is like the city, <laughs> but it's also uh, it kind of reminds me of is it Thor three where he goes to that planet of like forgotten things? Um, yeah. I forget. The, uh, what is Endicar? Is that what it's called? Endicar? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it's, it's I remember the name. Plane breaker is kind of like that. Like you could walk the shores and there's random tables to find just like things that have fallen out of the multiverse and washed up here. And I, I think that's really, really mm-hmm. interesting. And then on top of the plane breaker book, there are portals that lead and he's got, uh, or sorry, on top of just the section on the city, there's a whole bunch of sections on the different planes of existence that Monty Cook came up with by himself. So yeah, just uh, highly ones. recommend Planescape yeah. or Plane Breaker. Right, great book <laughs> if you if you want planar adventures. Great book. So, yeah. um, I'm doing uh, DCC Day today. That's my my gaming fun. But I wanted to talk about a new board game that I got called Freelancers, and I'm going to name. probably do a video on this because it had such an impact. So we were going to play DCC on Sunday, and then Mm -hmm. a lot of things happened, and most of my players had to cancel. So two of them showed up. There were three of us, and I'm like, hey, I've got this board game. I think we should try and play this as opposed to me running a DCC game for just the two of you. And they said, okay. And the game was Freelancers. Now, Freelancers is not out. It's coming out at Gen Con. I got an advanced preview copy because of a friend of a friend of a friend. I kid you not. It's like <laughs> three three ways down. They sent me this preview copy. Um, and we played it. And it is the most, like, if, you're, if your D&D game 
is canceled for whatever reason, or if you don't have enough players, <laughs> pull this out and it feels like D&D &D with zero prep and you can have like a fun adventure. And so we had to go fight a dragon and you, you ro roll up random characters. The, the goal is to accumulate money. And when you accumulate money, you unlock new features within your character. And then on top of that, you're acquiring titles. So as you're going through, you might be like, uh, like I parlayed with a bunch of frog people to get across the Crocodile River. And it was like, Jordan, the Frog Whisperer. So I got the title of this. And then the person at the end who like wins is the one who has the most titles. And it's, mm -hmm. it was really fun. So you're like building a hero as you play and it's self-contained and we finished it in three hours and it was like, well, that was fun. It was done. And now these characters are done and we would roll up new characters to start the next adventure in the, in the thing. So lots of replayability too. Oh, so fun. And it could be like yeah. all these, there's a big map and there's all these different paths on the map and we went this way, but if we ever replay scenario one, like we could go the other mm -hmm. way. Um, and anyway, we had a blast. Like it was so fun and it was so lighthearted and silly. And there is an online app that's not released yet that walks you through like how to play. And that really helped us. So we were able to hit the ground and just start playing. And so, um, and it's called, it's called Freelancers, a crossroad game. I'll put a link in the chat, but you guys should like, I, you should check it out. It's so cool. Like, is it a Kickstarter or is it a company that's, just going to put it out there and you can buy it at stores? No, it's a company is... that's put it out there. It's made by Plat Hat Games, um, and they've made uh, other stuff. But the the reason I know about it is it's written by Donald Schultz. And Donald Schultz is a game designer, but he also was running a D&D podcast called Bored with Life a long time ago. <laughs> and he's a voiceover director, so he got a bunch of his voice actor friends, and he built this board game. Uh, cool. And they're they also are friends with like Plat Hat Games, so Plat Hat's like, okay, we'll produce your game. Um, but yeah, it's like it's it was ninety minutes, three to seven players. We played it with three players. It was super fun, very D and D esque, but like no no um, no game prep, you know. And we just had a, a blast, so. I wanted to recommend it and I will, I think I will be doing a video on the main channel of like, what do you do when you're, when people cancel and it's like, but I really wanted to play tonight. Here's a fun alternative that you literally just need only three people to play. And I think it, you know, but if you have more than three people, it, it works well. So. Cool. Yeah. You can pre-order it and pick it up at Gen Con. I there you know. go. But really, really cool. And then other than that, I'm, I'm running Gen Con to, or Gen Con. I'm running DCC day today and. Reading about I was hoping games. you were going to say they were going to let you kind of run what you wanted. You could do a dying earth. Oh, I could have at DCC day. Yeah, yeah. I could have ran anything. Yeah. Um, but you got the book and I'm like, I'm I sure do. You're reading it. <laughs> uh, but we were talking about it and I'm like, well, and I was reading the dying earth zero level funnel and I'm like, oh, I could do this one. But um, beneath the well of brass is something that I've wanted to run for a while. And mm. here's the cool thing about this is the events in DCC Beneath the Well of Brass directly tie into DCC 100, which is the 100th module they made, which is called like the Music of the Chaos something or other. Um, so the events of this one directly tie into that, and that Kickstarter is arriving uh, soonish. 
So then I'll be all prepped and know what's going to happen for my <laughs> DCC 100 whenever I run that. So it'll be a lot of fun. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. How many people do you think are, were there signups so you kind of knew what you were getting into? Or is this a, you're just going to show up and whoever shows up, shows up? Yeah, I'm going to show up and whoever shows up, shows up. We we don't know. Um, I tried to say like, hey, could we do um, some signups and stuff? But uh, again, the guy running it, it's all volunteer. And so it's kind of like, yeah. uh, and even last minute, he's like, I don't think I can run it in the morning like I was planning on. Um, so I'm going to show up and be like, I'm going to advertise your game and the game after. And I'm like, okay, sounds cool. So it's like, people can come back at two and play with Jordan. And I'm like, awesome. Mm -hmm. So we're going to, yeah, we're just going to run a game and then I'll hang out there. And I don't know. So we'll see. Maybe I'll have to bring my Steam Deck and play Vampire Survivors <laughs> while I wait for people to show up. Who knows? Seems to be the popular <laughs> game out there right now. <laughs> so who knows? Or I'll play uh, Magic the Gathering or something. Who knows? Well, but. I want to add one more friend to your list of friends telling you you should play Diablo 4 because I've been playing that. Okay. I've been having a ton of fun. He really Diablo wants 4. me to buy it, my friend Chris. <laughs> I'm like, I know. I just, Baldur's Gate 3 is right around the corner. I... <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. So that, yeah, that's what we've been playing. So it's like so many games, so many, and like Kickstarters have been arriving nonstop for the last couple of months. Like I, I've gotten at least three or four that I backed last year that have finally shown up. And so nice. it's been like, you know, Christmas and summer of all these different ones. And I'm still, I, I cracked open the, the Dragon Bane and I started looking at that it was pretty cool. And there's some good stuff in there. And Yes, I still want to play the Darkwing Duck character in there. Oh yeah, the, the I so I signed cool. up. Yeah, speaking, Mallard. Yeah, speaking of Dragon Bane, I signed up for uh, the uh, a first level adventure of Dragon Bane at Gen Con, and so I oh, like nice. like I do at Gen Con. I like to try and play games that yeah. I don't normally get to play or things I'm curious about, and that's why we mm -hmm. played Mazes back in the day. Um, yep. And Mazes was like super interesting and different, and I was like, okay, and so. I'm excited to try that out. That'll be a lot of fun. And yeah, ah, Gen Con's coming up. I'm so excited. Um, Ted Ted organized a true dungeon again. So we have a, a late night oh. true dungeon with 10 people. Uh, I think I'm going to be a, not a wizard. I was a wizard last time. I think a, a bard this time. So <laughs> some of those you could you could keep your own character for, or do you have to start over again each year? I feel like there's one that you could keep. Going well, our characters here. all died, so I don't think we could keep oh, okay. the dead characters. But yeah, if you're you get to keep the tokens, so you could rebuild your same character. I assume um, because that's the whole point is like when you finish the game, you get a you you get prize tokens and stuff. So even though we died, we got tokens, and I've got my bag of tokens, and now I'm totally addicted. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you gotta like stat out your guy. It's <laughs> so fun. Very true cool. dungeon is awesome guys you should 100 percent play true dungeon everybody should try it so good it's so fun um but yeah no games for you then huh you just kind of because of the summer months and stuff yeah everybody's schedules were weird with who was going to be out at certain times and we're at a point now where we kind of want everybody there because we're almost at the end of the module we're fighting at the highest levels of stuff and you kind of need the whole party to really be there but we don't want somebody just to die because they're not there kind of thing mm -hmm. so yeah we've been jumping around but it sounds like this week we'll get to play this thursday finally it's been i think three weeks that we've missed so far and does uh danimal have a timeline like are you guys like two sessions away from the end or one or we've asked him because he's ran his other group through it and they finished and they're on to whatever they're doing next um he hasn't given us like what he thinks we're gonna get through it but i feel like i don't know we're in level 17 yeah 
I still, I'm, I'm betting there's still quite a bit of levels because I think Dungeon of the Mad Mage has like a level 25. Down, I, it goes past 20, I'm pretty sure, yeah. yeah. But I think so, they get I smaller as they go down. Yeah. So Upside it's not like the, yeah, yeah, inverted pyramid. Um, your, have you met Halaster yet? Have you ran into his clones or him or, okay. Yeah, we've met what we would assume is either one of his clones or one of his, he's messed with us yeah. in the dungeon of the mad mage in certain levels. We've we're at where his school was. We've met some of his students. We've been through areas of his apprentices. We fought some people that are, are related to that. So definitely we're kind of deep into the Halaster lore. I don't know if we've met the real one or if it's just been some construction. Yeah. Who some knows? Or an illusion or, or yeah. Yeah. A similar so sure, maybe. But, yeah, uh, that's exciting. I I don't know anybody that's completed these mega dungeons, so I think it's uh, yeah. I think it's really cool that you're like, yeah, we yeah we did finished. full Tomb of Annihilation, we did full this one, we did Waterdeep Dragon Heist, then moved right into this one, um, and then yeah, it's gonna be the longest. It has to be the longest game I've played with the same character ever. I can't yeah. think of another campaign where we played more than this. That's really so cool. It's been interesting. Yeah, love it. That's so cool. Um, yeah, so next week, I don't know what news we'll have. I'm really curious. Uh, but I imagine more Bigby stuff is going to come out, and we'll be able to talk about that. And then whatever else is in the world. Uh, I know that the Shadow Dark RPG is shipping. I should get, like, a physical copy soon. But I think the PDFs are already out. I could be wrong. I'll have to check. But, um, yeah. We'll talk about other cool stuff and then Gen Con after that. So it'll be really exciting. More cool stuff on the way, I'm sure. Heck yeah. Uh, that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for watching, listening, liking, sharing with a friend, telling people about it, um, subscribing on the Substack uh, or RSS feed so you can be notified of new stuff when it comes out. And with that, we'll be back uh, next week with another episode of the Saturday Morning RPG Show. Take care.